The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. I am so glad you are able to join NUMA Podcast today. The key text for this podcast is the book of Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 to 16. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter, and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink, and gave them pulse. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for another privilege to be able to bring your word to the world. And Lord, I ask today that you will inspire the sound of my voice so that as many that will listen to this podcast will be blessed. Above all, Father, I ask you to help us in our balancing act, that we may recognize the fact that we live in plural world, the world of the spirit and the world of the physical. As we understand this, Lord, may it help us, O God, to overcome and to have a life of victory every day of our life. And all of this, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. The title of this podcast is Balancing Act. Balancing Act. The Christian life is a call to operate in a corresponding world, 
By these I mean spiritual and material, sacred and secular. However much we deny this fact, it is the human reality. It is therefore this reality that I am referring to as a balancing act. The question is not that this reality exists, but how we as followers of Jesus Christ approach it. The general definition of balancing act, according to Jeffrey Brown, is an attempt to handle or deal with two or more things, such as obligations at one time, so as to satisfy often competing requirements. This is so true for all people of faith, and it is the failure to understand such configuration that lead many to extremism or compromise. However, clear understanding of the Bible is sure to help us all in getting our balancing act right. And this is what I am talking about today. Come with me as we explore this together. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, you all know that it is so true today that we live under a dynamic world system that continues to place high premium on the way we live our lives. A world of trends that daily engineers our minds in order that it may conform to it. We see it everywhere. We see it all around us. Even your church is not spared. Take a look around you. The next time you are in church, from the pulpit to the pew, you will notice that everything and everyone is following what is in vogue. So the challenge is this, how should the true child of God confront these things? I must add, however, that not everything that is in fashion or that is invented is bad influence. but. Again, we must be wise when we consider adapting to them by depending on the Holy Spirit to help us. As the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 12, just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it is spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I did be a slave to my whims. As I reflect on the title of this podcast, the story of Daniel and the king's food found in the book of Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 to 16 readily comes to mind. This captivating story began when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took over the city of Jerusalem and captured King Jehoiakim of Judah to his country. The king told the head of the palace staff to get some young men with noble background that are healthy, handsome, intelligent and well-educated to train them for leadership positions in his government. Those selected were to have the royal privilege of enjoying equal measure of royal Babylonian cuisine, including the finest wine there was for the duration of three years of the training. Among those selected were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. However, these four were later renamed Belshazzar, Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
during this period, the level of Daniel and his friends' balancing act came to a head when they were informed of their dietary measures. They needed urgently to do something about how they live in the palace of the king, participate in the required activity, and yet indulge in the royal Babylonian cuisine. One would have thought that these four Hebrew boys would have been over the moon because they were privileged to participate in all things royal, even though they were in captivity. But no, they knew where exactly to draw the line. And on this occasion, it was a line between eating the king's meal or not to eat the king's meal. I'm so glad that they chose not to eat the king's meal, no matter how appetizing and extravagant they had to exercise the power of balancing. Let me pause for a moment. Have you ever had to face a situation where you have been caught unaware of what right decision to make? Have you been overwhelmed by greed so much so that you lose your power of balancing art? Brothers and sisters, these things happen all the time. I am so guilty of them myself. There are many occasions in my life that I personally allowed greed to take over me in the choices I made. And in the end, I find myself wondering aloud, what was it I was thinking? Why did I not take a stand on that occasion? And so on and so forth. These are the realities that we all must face each day. But because God has created us as free will moral agent, the onus is onto us to make critical choices as they come. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. God's word says in John chapter 16 verse 13, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Brothers and sisters, this is the reason why we must rely on the leading of the Holy Spirit of God every day till the day God calls us home. Again, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 12 verse 2, Don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What this passage is saying to us is that we make conscious effort each day to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit which will motivate us and help us balance our act in this world. The opposite question that is often asked by readers of the story of Daniel is this. What was wrong with the king's food in the first place? Now, let's find out what was wrong with the food that the king asked them to eat. To begin with, however, in the real sense of it, King Nebuchadnezzar had good intention for the lads. 
he wanted them enculturated in the Babylonian value system, at least in three areas if they were to become Babylonian future leaders, including erudition, culture, and religion. In terms of erudition, informed research demonstrates that students learn better when they eat well or when they are well nourished. They will have better memories, high level of attention, and speedier processing of information. This was deemed important to the king for the education of quality leaders. Then, culture. Now, food forms an important expression of cultural identity and therefore serves as conduit for preserving a given culture. I believe that that may have been one of the reasons for why the king was particular about the boys eating exactly what he eats. This is Numa Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. The last reason on my list may be religious. Food can serve as communion or fellowship with each other. Once you agree to share your food with someone else, it means in some sense that you are also sharing fellowship with that person. Maybe for Daniel, eating the king's meal means accepting the king's friendship and commit himself to oneness with the prevailing system. This is particularly important to Jewish people that follows Jewish dietary laws that are the basis for the kosher observance set forth in the Torah and clarified in the Talmud. These laws consider some food as unfit to eat, such as pork and shellfish, only meat or poultry products that are certified as kosher are accepted. You can find more about these laws in Leviticus chapter 11 or, or Leviticus chapter 17 verse 10 to 14. So clearly, even though we are not exactly told the specific reason why Daniel rejected the kingly Babylonian cuisine, we can safely say that the third reason being religious may have been the key reason because it is possible that this food and wine may have been offered to the gods of Babylon or that Daniel may have taken a Nazarite vow for a period of time. A vow taken voluntarily to abstain from all wine, cutting the hair on his head, but to allow it grow freely. And you find this in Numbers chapter 6 verse 1 to 21. It's worth remembering that King Nebuchadnezzar upon conquering Jerusalem placed his loot from the house of God into the treasure house of his God in Babylon. So, clearly, King Nebuchadnezzar was devoutly religious, and you find this in Daniel chapter 1 verse 2. Since he dedicated these things to his God, there is a great chance that food offered from his kitchen could have 
equally gone through such process of dedication and therefore could have made it unfit for the consumption for Daniel's devotion level that requires a balancing act. In exercising his power of balancing act, Daniel did not refuse or reject Babylonian education that was available to him. In the same way, he never allowed foreign knowledge or this education to override his intrinsic knowledge of the one true God, the God of Israel. He accepted a new name to reflect his new reality but balanced his act by refusing any form of defilement of heart and body. Daniel literally chose not to eat the king's meal, even though he understood the consequence of looking malnourished from all the others, but gambled his trust on his God and diffused the fear of his steward and said to him, Try us for 10 days on simple diet of vegetables and water. Then compare us with the young men who eat from the royal menu. Make your decision on the basis of what you see. The steward agreed to do it and fed them vegetables and water for 10 days. And this is Daniel chapter 1 verse 12 to 14. Brothers and sisters, not being like everyone else does not kill, especially when you are in the center of the plan of God for your life. You may not wear what they wear, eat what they eat, but that have no impact on the godly content of your life right now and will not have in future. God orchestrated the invasion of Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar and you find this in Daniel chapter 1 verse 1. So he was undeniably involved in the life of Daniel and kept him healthy with what he ate because little is much with God in it and in the end we are told that those who abstained from the kingly meal looked better than those that indulged themselves in the king's food. On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus Christ prayed passionately on our behalf to the Father. And in John chapter 17 verse 14 to 16, Jesus prayed, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as i do not belong to the world i am not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one they do not belong to this world any more than i do this prayer should resound in our spiritual ears every day of our lives Jesus Christ knew what will be facing his disciples in his material absence from this world and therefore have them, including us, covered with a kind of insurance policy that we now need to make claim from. 
if we need to balance our act of living victorious life in a dynamic world like this. Jesus Christ did not just pray for us for nothing. There is a reason why he prayed. The reason is that we, as Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are going somewhere, friends. We are going somewhere, brothers and sisters, with Jesus Christ. And if we consider ourselves royal priesthood, as Apostle Peter put it, why should the king's meal matter to us today? Why should the king's meal matter to us now? Why should our present suffering matter to us? Why should the opulence of this world matter? And why should we be carried away with what is trending. The starting place for this journey is understanding that we are not of this world even though we live here. It is this realization that will help us to consciously balance our act of Christian living. Dear brothers and sisters, the coming of the Messiah is upon us and we earnestly need to get our acts together while we have the opportunity to do so and not be encultured completely by what the system of this world is compelling us to embrace. Sometimes it feels like you are trapped with the system of this world. We all do. But the most important thing to always remember is that you have a choice in every circumstances. This is because God created you and everyone else as a free will moral agency. Again, this is why you are so specially, fearfully and wonderfully made. Not like a lesser animal or a robot, but as someone created in the distinct image of the invincible God. And that gives you the absolute power of choice if you choose to exercise it under the most intense and unfavorable circumstances like Daniel, like Meshach, and like Abednego. Remember, they chose to burn rather than to bow. Whatever you do, always keep in mind that you are an ambassador of Christ. Meaning that you represent another system that is far superior than that of this world and that an ambassador's first priority and commitment is to his or her own sending country while respecting the country of residence. This is the case with you, my dear brother, and this is the case with you, my sister, and this is what I mean by balancing act. Balancing our acts helps our sensibility not to be desensitized. And this is what is important whatever we do. My brothers and sisters, let me remind us that Jesus Christ is coming and is much, much, much important. And is so, so urgent that we should strive every day of our life to seek to be what God wants us to be. And that is my cry today. That is my call today. I pray that the Lord God 
God will help you, that the Lord God will help me as we seek to serve him in the coming days, in the coming weeks, and in the coming year. God bless you. Join me as I pray again. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have come to you again. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you hear our cry today. That you help us, O oh God, to balance up our act, even as we seek to serve you today. Father, I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. Out there, O oh God, that whatever struggles, whatever reason, O oh God, that is putting a stumbling block along our path, that you help us, O oh God, to overcome them, that these stumbling stones will become a stepping stone into spiritual higher heights. And I thank you, Father, for as many that has listened to this podcast, and even those who will come across this podcast somewhere in the world. I thank you, Father, because I know that you have answered this prayer, as I seal it with the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche, 
I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.